0: just go to cars.com It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. I'm Dave Walker, and on today's podcast, we're going to take a look at the Falcons' remaining schedule, the last seven games that they have to play in the 2021 season, and get a feel for how they match up with each of these teams, and project out a potential Final record for Arthur Smith in his first year as the Falcons head coach. Uh, So let's just jump into it. Let's start with the first game coming up November 28th. That's this upcoming Sunday. That's against the Jacksonville Jaguars in Jacksonville. Obviously, right now, many of us have looked ahead and said, yeah, this is one of the few games remaining where the Falcons look like they've got the upper edge on this team. And I think that is mostly true. This is a a Jaguars team with a a head coach that could very well last all of one season uh, in Urban Meyer. And uh, they've got a very young quarterback with a ton of potential, clearly, uh, but a quarterback nonetheless who is struggling in his rookie year in Trevor Lawrence um, and a defense that is one of the worst in the league. And I think this is where the story for the remainder of the Falcons' season is going to hinge. It's going to be about the defense that they are facing on Sunday. Is it a top defense? Is it a middle-of-the-road defense? Um, Are they going to have to get into a shootout? And can they get into a shootout and win that game? And this, I think, starting with the Jags, is where we begin to see some potential uh, options for the Falcons in these last seven games to get to a a fairly, I guess what you would call, middle-of-the-road record for this season season. Which, given the salary cap issues, the talent issues, um, for a new coach, new GM, I think if they can get to seven wins, have a 7-10 and record, that's actually, I think, a a good sign, a good building block going into next year. If they get anything above that, I think it's perhaps uh, overperforming a little bit where um, they should be as a team. Uh, So as for the Jags, let's talk about that defense. Um, They are 25th in scoring. Um, they're 28th in sacks with 18. Now, they are ahead of the Falcons, who are dead last in the league, uh, but they have just 18 sacks, and they are, they do rank 28th. They're 26th in sack percentage at just 5.2%. Um, they're they're actually really good against the run. They're third in rushing yards allowed per attempt at just 3.9, um, but they are dead last in takeaways. They're 32nd in takeaways, Um you know, which is well behind uh, the Falcons, I believe, have eight on the year. Um, this is not a defense that is going to scare the Falcons. And this is where things are, I think, playing now into the Falcons' favor. If you look at the games in which they've struggled to score, um it has generally been against teams that have a good pass rushing defense. Um, the Eagles, even though right now they're 23rd and scoring and 29th in sacks, at the point in time the Falcons took them on, they still have Brandon Graham. Brandon Graham is a good pass rusher. Um, he is out for the season. They lost him in September, um, which would explain why their pass rush has fallen off. Last year, they were one of the, the best pass rushing teams in the league, um, obviously with Fletcher Cox in the middle, Brandon Graham. Uh, the Eagles were able to you know, shut down the Falcons offense. And, of course, it was the first game – uh, for Arthur Smith in this regime, and Game One, uh, Week One of the NFL always goes sideways. It's always screwy. Um, the Patriots last week they were their defense second in scoring, seventh in sacks, eighth in sack percentage, and third in takeaways. And I think we saw that play out in the field with the turnovers. Um, we saw it with the number of times they took Matt Ryan down. Um, the Patriots are a team that can get after the quarterback. The Panther, the um, pardon me, the Panthers, twelfth um, scoring D but third in sacks with 30 on the year, second in sack percentage at 8.5%. So they are also a team that can consistently get after the quarterback with Hassan Reddick and Brian Burns on that side of the ball. The Cowboys um, are probably the only anomaly here with um, being the 25th defense in scoring, 21st in sacks and 21st in sack percentage. Um, Obviously, you know, the... The Cowboys' defense really operates more uh, as uh, a a turnover unit. They're fifth in takeaways, uh, and we did, of course, see that in that game. I I feel like the Cowboys' game was a little bit off script for the Falcons. I did at the time feel like they were going to get into a shootout with the Cowboys because they were not generally good enough um, to consistently get after the passer, especially when Randy Gregory was out. But that was one of those games where it felt like a get-right game for the Cowboys, and the Falcons were just in the wrong place at the wrong time. Uh, in this season in the NFL, we have seen a lot of games that have gone completely against the script, where you know Jacksonville suddenly beats the Bills nine to six. Um, you know, one of the top offenses in the leagues. So this is not a year where one game is can be the embodiment of what a team looks like. However, the the general theme for the Falcons this year is if you don't have a top 10 pass rushing defense, the Falcons can probably put up some points. Um, Now, this is going to be under the assumption that we get Cordero Patterson back for the Jags game um, and perhaps Calvin Ridley towards the back end of the season. Though, as of the time we're recording this, Arthur Smith has said they have no update on Calvin Ridley. That could be an extended absence, so uh, I'm going to assume that through the rest of these games, we have uh, Kyle Pitts and Cordero Patterson without Ridley. If you add Ridley in, I think that does change the dynamic a little bit, Um, but we've seen that this offense can still work with Ridley not on the field, as long as they've got um, their two main weapons and perhaps Russell Gage as well to help supplement. Um, All right, so as for the Jaguars, 25th in scoring defense, 28th in sacks. Um, they have the 31st scoring offense, which clearly, again, rookie quarterback uh, is it's be, to be expected. I, I think Dean Pease will uh, actually come up with a good game plan here. They did a fairly good job against the Patriots, as I mentioned in previous podcasts. I felt like the Falcons' defense showed up big time for that game. They only gave up 19 points, uh, and really three of those were at the very end of the game, sort of junk time points just to try to put the game completely out of reach for the Falcons' Um, but in total, I feel like the defense took a step forward in that game. Um, and I think that they'll build off of that and have a good performance against the Jaguars. I think the the Jaguars is going to be a, a relatively, I don't want to say an easy win. The Falcons haven't had any easy wins this year. But of the games remaining on their schedule, I think this one uh, we can tentatively not mark it in the win column, uh, at least for now. Now, the Jags, you know, they did beat the Bills. But again, I, th- I feel like that was more of those one-off things going sideways type of games than anything else. All right, the next game, December 5th, at home hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Bucks are an interesting team because we actually scored 25 points against them. It's just that we couldn't stop them from scoring um, in that game. And obviously Matt Ryan's uh, pick sixes did not help the matter. Um, and also that was before really Kyle Pitts got going and, and became... Uh, what we have seen him become, uh, sort of, you know, since week four, week five. Uh, so I feel like that's going to be a difference in this game. And the Buccaneers, their secondary is in bad shape right now. Uh, they've lost several guys to injury, um, and even though they signed Richard Sherman, he has also spent now some time uh, on the sidelines. Now that said, the Bucks defense is sixth in scoring, but they're only 18th in sacks and 16th in sack percentage. Um, they are really good at stopping the run. They're second in rushing yards per uh, attempt at 3.7, and they're ninth in takeaways at 15. Um, this is a defense that I think right now the Falcons can score against. Um, they scored against them in Tampa Bay in uh, week two, so it's not unheard of. Now, again, this a lot of this will depend on you know the health of Patterson, but assuming he's back um, – even though the Bucks have a lot of talent up front, they're just for some reason not getting at home, not getting home uh, from the sack department. And as much as I would love to put some faith that the Falcons can knock off the Bucks, I just don't think that they're there yet as a team. I think the Bucks will bounce back offensively against this Falcons defense. Um and as much as I've loved, you know, some of these recent efforts from the Falcons defense, Ultimately, I think the Bucks are going to get healthy with some key guys at the right time coming into this game, uh, and I think they're, they're probably still going to win this one, although this could be a surprising game. I'm going to put this one in there as sort of a potential upset, um, but right now I'm going to stick this one in the loss column. Uh, the following week, we travel up I-85 to Carolina to take on the Panthers, and look, you know, Right now, the Panthers are an interesting team. They've got Cam Newton back. Um, I think it's clear that he's an upgrade over Sam Darnold, but he's still not necessarily enough of an upgrade to put their offense over the top. But right now, their defense is really beginning to get it together. That defense is 12th in scoring. They're third in sacks with 30 sacks on the year. They're second in sack percentage, 8.5%. You can run against them. They're 15th against the run, allowing 4.3 yards per attempt. And they're 15th in takeaway, so they're not necessarily a turnover-based defense. Um, They are only 19th in scoring offense. I do feel like Cam is going to lift them up a little bit. Clearly, anything over Sam Darnold at this point. Um, I don't think he is the same quarterback he used to be, but he is enough of a change that he's going to make the game more difficult. So right now, I'm looking at this Panthers game, and... It's their sacks. It's the the fact that they pressure the quarterback pretty consistently. And we saw that when we played them in Atlanta. And we saw that as our offense struggled against this defense. Um, Will it be any better this time around? Look, one of the things to keep in mind is when we did face them, that was that last second scratch of Calvin Ridley. Um, And that undoubtedly had an impact on the offensive game plan. We will be going into this game probably with a clear idea of whether Ridley's going to be on the field or not, if he even returns. Um, that could make a little bit of a difference. Uh, if they can get the run game going, I feel like that is you know a weakness for the Panthers, uh, even though the Falcons' running game has been dismal this year. Um, this still feels like a game that the Panthers are going to win, but again, it's, it's in the division, and... Um, you know th- These games can often go sideways, but right now it's just the fact that they can get after the quarterback and our offensive line is not positioned well against teams like this. Right now, I'm actually looking at the Panthers game and I'm chalking that one up as a, as a loss with the outside potential for an upset, but I, I just don't like the matchup here. They are matched up well against the Falcons um, and until the Falcons beef up the offensive line or get much better Uh, and consistent performances out of the current guys, um, this is the kind of matchup that worries me the most. All right, we're going to take a look at the last four games of the schedule and give our final sort of record prediction uh, going into that. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Just go to fritole No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4 3 Void wherever hit Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at fritole And we're back on the Falconic Podcast. We're talking about the Falcons' last seven games of the 2021 NFL season, how we think this is going to play out and some of the matchups, and what kind of record we think the Falcons are going to end up with at the end of the year. All right, we covered the first three games. Let's talk about the final four starting with December 19th at San Francisco to take on the 49ers. Um, first of all, the 49ers obviously are one of those teams. They're still sort of in the race for the playoffs. I mean, at this point, virtually every other NFC team is because of that seventh spot, that seventh wildcard spot, even the Falcons are still in contention for it. Um, the 49ers are sort of in an interesting position. You know, Jimmy Garoppolo uh, is clearly not their long-term answer at quarterback. Um, Yet they're not quite willing to put the ball in the hands of Trey Lance just yet. Um, it is an offense that really looks like it should be doing better than it currently is. Uh, they are 17th in scoring, um, which you would think with a Kyle Shanahan offense they would be a lot higher than that. Um, as for defense, this is where things are interesting. It's it's a little bit of a mix here. Uh, they've clearly got some talented players on defense, and perhaps again. Um, they're not living up to their potential. Uh, maybe they really do miss Robert Sala on that, on that side of the ball. They are 13th in scoring defense. They're not bad. They're 14th in sacks with 23. I thought they would have been a lot higher than this. Um, they're 10th in sack percentage at 6.8%. They're 18th in rushing yards per attempt at 4.3 and just 27th in takeaways with only nine on the year. Um, this is clearly right now a, a 49ers D that um, could be better. They're not, again, don't get me wrong, this is not a, a bad defense, but um, I think a lot of people thought they would be still in the top 10. And the fact that they're only 14th in sacks, um, although their sack percentage does say that they're a little bit more successful at getting to the quarterback than it would appear, um, this is a defense that I think the Falcons could potentially have some success against. Um, not, not in the same way that they'll, you know, have success against the Jags or the, you know, maybe the lions who comes up next. Um, but I do see the potential here for the Falcons to, you know, at least not get goose egged or score th- 13 points, you know, maybe 20 points, um, 24 points. However, You know, the 49ers offense at any point could be prone for, you know, explosions. Kyle Shanahan, he is still, uh, even though uh, he has had a rough year in San Francisco, he's still a very good offensive mind. And I would never put it past him to save his best for the Falcons, just because that seems to be our lot in life. But where the 49ers are concerned, even though we're traveling to the West Coast, and it's our second straight road game, um, I'm putting this one in the toss-up category. I, I don't feel like it's an, a, definitely a loss because again, I look at their ability to get after the quarterback and it's not, it's just not as good as, you know, what I thought it would be. Um, however, it is Kyle Shanahan. It's on the road. It's, you know, a West coast trip for the Falcons. Um, that can be, you know, a, a bit, uh, of, uh, exhausting on those players. We're going to put this one in the toss up and there'll be another one that'll be in the toss up and, and you'll, we'll, We'll talk about that at the end of the podcast. All right, December 26th, day after Christmas, Falcons return home um, to face the Detroit Lions. (laughs) I'll have to tell you guys, the Lions are a very bad team this year, probably worse than the Jags. They are 30th in scoring offense. They are 30th in scoring defense. They're 31st in sacks with 15. Only the Falcons are worse. Uh, 29th in sack percentage at just 4.7%. They're 19th against the run, allowing 4.4 yards per carry, and they're 19th in takeaways. Um, if you looked at the Jags and Lions and said, yeah, those are the two games I have as, you know, wins, um, I'm with you. I think that is how this is going to play out. Um, the Lions, uh, you know, the best that they've been able to offer is to, to get a tie this year. And that is, I think, going to be the story of this team for the remainder of the season. Um, And this should be a game that with the Falcons at home, again, uh, all of this is assuming health is roughly the same as it is is today, getting back key guys, finishing healthy. Um, Just want to put that caveat out there. If we lose Matt Ryan, this all goes out the window. Um, But right now, December 26 against the Lions at home, I think the Falcons can win this one. Again, I'm not predicting any blowouts, but this should be one of the games where, uh, if they're if as long as they don't have a complete mental makedown, uh, breakdown, this should be a game for the Falcons to win. All right, last two games, these get interesting. January second, they travel to Buffalo to face the Bills. The Bills are uh, an enigma; they are so difficult to figure out this year. Um, you know they they've lost two of their last three. Uh and this is right now in my mind, one of the more interesting teams in the NFL. You know, they blew out the Jets a couple weeks ago, 45 to 17, but they lost to the Jaguars nine to six. And then this past weekend, they got thumped by the Colts 41 to 15 on the day where Carson Wentz threw for just over a hundred yards. Um <laughs> they are such an enigma. And, you know, they're sort of Still considered one of the Super Bowl favorites in the AFC, but I think this game is one of those ones where, yeah, on paper, the Falcons should lose. The the Bills are fifth in scoring offense. They're first in scoring defense. They're 25th in sacks, though, and that's what I'm looking at here. Um, They've got just 19 on the year. They're 23rd in sack percentage. Um, they are 10th against the run, allowing 4.1 yards per carry. But this is where their defense is successful. They're second in takeaways. They've got 24. Um, I think only the the Patriots have more. Uh, no, actually the Patriots are third in takeaways. Pardon me. But yes, this is a team that lives off of the turnovers. They, they love to get turnovers, interceptions, um, fumbles. But here's the thing. The quarterbacks they faced, all right, week one, Ben Roethlisberger, the ghost of Ben Roethlisberger. Week two, um, I was going to say Tua, but it wasn't. He, I don't think he was playing at that point in time. So that would have been um, Jacoby Brissett. Uh, week three against Washington and Tyler Heineke. Week four the Texans and whoever the hell they're putting on the field. Uh, week five they did win against the Kansas City Chiefs um, and Patrick Mahomes, so that is a notable victory. Week six they lost to the Titans. Um, week seven they won against. The Dolphins and Tua. Week eight, they lost to the Jaguars and Trevor Lawrence again, nine to six game. Then they beat up on the Jets, um, who were, were vacillating between um, White and uh, Wilson. And last week, they lost in a thumping to uh, the Colts and um, Carson Wentz, who threw for you know 105 yards, something ridiculous. That's why I say this team is an enigma. They have the talent. Um, Josh Allen is clearly a very good quarterback, but right now this team has mostly beaten up on inferior competition, right? So they lost to the Steelers, they beat the Dolphins, they beat the Washington, they beat the Texans, they beat the Chiefs. Again, this is when the Chiefs were sort of in the slump. Um, They got beat by the Titans, beat the Dolphins again, got beat by the Jaguars, beat up on the Jets, and then they got beat by the Colts. So really, they have one notable win over a team with a quality quarterback, that being the Chiefs. Um, otherwise, if that team has had like a, a really good quarterback, like the Titans, um, that or the, God, I almost said the Steelers, but I don't, I don't think Ben Roethlisberger fits in that bucket anymore. This is a team that has, like, they've gotten beat by, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to make of the Bills. That said, look, Um, I think the Falcons could potentially put up some points, uh, up there in Buffalo. I think the problem is, is that their offense can score, uh, fifth scoring offense. And, you know, it's going to be probably in the snow. It's Buffalo in freaking January, uh, outdoor game. So honestly, as much as I like some of the matchups for this, and I think the bills may not be as dominant a team as some people thought they were going to be. I still think they're going to beat the Falcons with the way, way, way outside potential that the Falcons could shock the world and, and beat the Bills, but I, I just don't see it. I, I see this one as a certain, almost a certain loss uh, for the Falcons. Um, although their inability to get to the quarterback, I think, will make this more interesting than maybe it should be. All right, last game of the season, January 9th, at home hosting the Saints. The Saints are also still in the playoff race. Um, despite having lost Jameis Winston for the year, um, I think we're seeing now they got you know beat pretty handily by the Eagles this weekend, uh, who scored 40 points on this defense. And this is to me the interesting thing about the Saints: they're still 14th in scoring offense. Clearly, a step back from the days of Drew Brees, and it's you know Sean Payton having to work with an under. Really, probably one of the least talented wide receiver cores in the league. Maybe right there with the Falcons. Some would say worse than the Falcons. Um, They do have, you know, a a really good set of running backs. Um, The quarterback position is clearly a problem. Trevor Simeon should never be a long-term starter. You know, he's good as a spot starter in in relief. Uh, Taysom Hill, uh, obviously, you know, our thoughts on him are pretty cemented. Their scoring defense, though, they're 11th in scoring. Um, they're 15th in sacks with just 23, which is what's super interesting. They've got Cam Jordan, they've got uh, Onyemata, they've got guys. You know Marcus Davenport. They've got guys who can get after the quarterback, um, but they don't seem to do it consistently. And they're 14th in sack percentage. So they're s- sort of middle of the road. Um, and of course, we saw against them, they're number one against the run. Don't even bother. 3.4 yards per carry, and they're 12th in takeaways of 14. So here's the thing. The Falcons and the Saints almost always is them splitting the games in the season. We've already beat them once. Beating them twice is going to be really difficult. And I know it's going to be in Atlanta. Um, And the fact that the Falcons really got their offense going, they scored 27 against this, what I thought was a good Saints defense, although I don't know what to make of them after the Eagles game. Um, I think this is a toss-up game. I I think this one uh is another one where the Falcons can squeeze out a victory. Um, even though on paper, in the same way that we most of us predicted losses going against the Saints uh, in New Orleans, I think on paper the, the Falcons will will not be seen as you know potentially being a win this game. I think that they'll have it. I think they'll have the potential to do it. Um it is in Atlanta, and look, I think the added bonus here is if the Falcons have the potential to knock the Saints out of the playoffs by winning this game. It's going to be like their Super Bowl, and um, I think if you're looking for a game where Arthur Smith establishes himself as the next great Falcons coach, it would be to start his first year against the Saints, going two and zero against them. That would be sort of the um, the notch on the belt for him as a coach you don't make the playoffs fine, whatever. But if you beat the saints twice, that would be a hell of a way to start your coaching career in Atlanta. Um, so I'm putting this one in the potential category as well. All right. So let's recap what I think are the two easiest wins. And I think most of you would agree the Jaguars, the lions that will get the Falcons to six wins. That would be a six and 11 season. Not fantastic, but not, you know, it's slight improvement over last year. Um, I, however, think that there are two potential additional wins here. Um, the first one, the 49ers, um, again, that one may be a little bit more difficult. Second straight road game, West Coast trip, um, you know, always a potential for Shanahan to, to pull off the, you know, the the trickery on the offense. Um, and then the Saints at home, that one I feel like uh, is a little bit closer to being a reality. And look, the the three potential losses here are against Tampa Bay, the Panthers, and the Bills. I would say maybe maybe the Panthers are in the toss-up category, maybe in, in the, the potential category. Um, if you were to ask me between you know the 49ers, Saints, and Panthers, do I think they could get two wins out of that group? Uh, I think they'll get one win out of that group. So one win out of 49ers, Saints, and Panthers, um, and that would leave the Falcons at seven wins. So Jags, Lions, and then one more out of the group of the 49ers, Saints, and Panthers. And I think you get the Falcons to 7-10 and 10 with the noted potential upside of an 8-9 and nine season. So right around 500. Um, most of us at the Falcoholic went into the season thinking 7-8 to eight wins was probably a realistic target for this roster and for this team. And I think they're going to hit that. I think they're going to hit 7 wins maybe squeezing out an eighth win. And God, I hope that if they get the seven wins, I hope one of those wins is the Saints. Um, That would, again, if there's a way for Arthur Smith to make a positive stamp on the season, finish with a win at home against New Orleans, going 2-0 in in your first season against Sean Payton. Yeah, that that would, I think, atone for many of the sins of this season in people's minds. Um, Either way, I think they'll finish just outside the playoffs. That seven wins, I don't think is going to be enough to get them into that seventh seed. although right now, guys, that is a complete toss-up. Um, it very well could be that a seven-win team gets into the playoffs uh, with how things are going uh, in the NFC and the AFC. Honestly, this is just a crazy NFL season. Um, so, But in, in this case for the Falcons, I think seven and ten is the likely record, eight and nine as an outside possibility. Anything above that I think would be shocking. Um, if they got to nine wins somehow, I would be absolutely stunned. I'm not saying it's impossible. Um, I just don't think that they've got all the guys they need in order to pull off that kind of record. Let me say this. If they get to a winning record this year, I think that's a massive win for Fontenot and for Arthur Smith. If they get If they get to nine wins, and that would potentially put them in the playoffs, that in my mind is way exceeding um, any reasonable expectations for this team Um, so yeah, there you have it last seven games, how do you guys think this one's going to play out do you agree, disagree let me know, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW, you can find updates for this podcast at FalcoholicPod and of course our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com this is Dave Walker thank you guys for listening in, we'll talk with you next time